you should see our excitement when we realize that there is a new podcast review on Apple Podcast. We both do little happy dances. Shout out to Katie Hakey. Katie, if I mispronounce that, please let me know for her recent review. She said, as a private practice owner, wife, mentor, sister, auntie, and human, I struggle to do all the things all the time. Entrepreneurship can be tough, especially when it seems like everyone and their mother is stuck in diet culture. Hannah and Morgan provide golden nuggets of wisdom and feels like secret personal development as they make you laugh at the same time. After listening to an episode, my fire is relit to continue doing this challenging yet gratifying and important weight-inclusive work. Thank you so much, Katie. If you're listening to the podcast and loving it, be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians, to building a cohesive brand, to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight inclusive business. The good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we are on a mission to bring business education to other weight inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Weight Inclusive Innovator Pod. Today, we're going to be chatting about imposter syndrome, comparison trap, where we see it the most in the weight inclusive business space, and how we deal with it ourselves because we are also human. But before we dive into today's episode, let's check in with Morgan. How are you doing, Morgan? I am doing... Overall, okay. As we're recording this, I'm excited we have a three day weekend coming up so I can get some extra rest in. It has been a heavy week being a Texan this week with the shooting at the elementary school in Uvalde. My mind's been mostly on that this week. And so it's been really challenging to run a business while also having that literally everywhere and just seeing thinking about the families that were impacted by it and figuring out what exactly we can do, like actual action items that we can do in order to support them. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, even in the last month, there was one in New York as well, another mass shooting, and it's just really heavy and really dark. And what is it going to take for something to change? Yeah. it's and, and us as problem solvers, it's hard to not have an immediate solution. Mm. And it's hard to figure out what's like one baby step forward that we can take in the grand scheme of everyone taking these baby steps forward to hopefully have some real change. Yeah. If y'all are listening and you can donate to the cause, highly recommend that. We'll put it in the show notes because that feels like one action item we can all take to support moving things forward, getting regulations in place, et cetera. Yeah. There's two, there's been two pretty, two primary calls to action that have been all over social media this week. Uh, one is if you're able to donate money or even time as a volunteer, every town for gun safety has been 
the go-to organization that people have been sharing about. And then the other one is to call your representative because us as humans can enact change, but it's really going to take the politicians that we elect in order to pass legislature that will be even bigger changes. Mm -hmm. So those were the two things that have, uh, I've seen a lot of people do this week that I did this week. And hopefully if there's enough of us, we have to keep reminding ourselves that we're small and mighty, but when we're all together, we can make the change that's needed. One thing that this is sort of bringing to mind is on this podcast, we're not going to stray away from life events that are happening in the world that really impact people. Um, you've heard us talk about the war in Ukraine. We've, we'll continue to call things out and name them as they happen in the world, because even though this is a business podcast, these things impact us. It impacts our clients. It impacts people in your life. It impacts your employees and needs to be addressed and named. And if action can be taken, we do it. Yes. So all that to say, that's been on my mind a lot this week. And while I feel like I've gotten a lot done in the business space, and I thought I was playing, I thought I was keeping up. I definitely wasn't. I opened a sauna yesterday and had 47 past due tasks. And so I'm giving myself a lot of grace. I gave myself a lot of grace this week of not of not telling myself like, well, why didn't you get all these things done, Morgan? Because I was processing. I was grieving. I was angry. My mind was preoccupied by by other things. And it's okay that I didn't get all of those done. 100%. How many you got left? Let's see. With today, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The final countdown. The final countdown. Sweet. And then it... I mean, I'm looking at Monday next week and we're going to have to do some reorganizing with it all because I keep assigning myself like 20 plus tasks to do each day. Yeah, we'll, we'll reassess. And I'm supposed to be taking Monday off. I don't know why I assigned tasks to myself on a holiday. This is my, my accountability that I'll be changing all of those. Outside of grieving, being angry, figuring out how to run a business in the midst of all of it, two good things did happen this week. I took myself on a solo date to a baseball game, which that was my first time that I've ever done a sporting event by myself. I was a little nervous. I feel like I've mastered like taking myself out to dinner. It was so fun. If you if you want to like dip your toe in the waters of taking yourself on a date, highly recommend a sporting event if you like sports. If you don't like sports, probably not the best thing. But everyone around you is cheering for the same team. And so it just feels, even though you're by yourself, you feel like you're like part of such a community. Have you ever taken yourself on a solo date to a sporting event? I have not. But I was just going to ask you, what do you feel like you get out of that experience? Like, why does it feel important to you to be able to go by yourself? It's part of self-empowerment of not waiting on other people to give me permission to do things. Or not waiting on other people to give myself permission to do things. I think it kind of goes back to our episode last week of success. Of We are redefining what success looks like. And part of that is challenging what we thought, where we thought we'd be uh, in this day and age. And I am not going to live my best life just because I don't have someone to do it with. I fucking love all of that. 
And so to answer your question about asking if I have gone to a sporting event alone, I have not mostly because I don't give a fuck about sports. (laughs) That's the catcher. You have to care about sports. You have to care about sports. I would go watch something like a climbing meet, which I'm going to add that to my to-do to do soon. But I've definitely taken myself out to dinner. I go to coffee shops alone a lot, which doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like the same thing. I don't know why. I think universally across the board, people do go to coffee shops by themselves a lot to get work done, knowing Mm -hmm. that like being around people is just like helpful accountability, even if you talk to nobody. But I would like to be intentional about doing things more by myself. I think I just haven't been doing very many things because work and school and trying to live a little bit of life has been so busy. And usually I have to combine the life things with seeing people or else everyone's like, are you good? I haven't seen you in a month. You okay? <laughs> Your community's like, checking in on you. I'm not, but I am. <laughs> and I, I feel like part of it too is that, and I know I've mentioned this on another episode of being in Houston, I've lived here m- pretty much my whole life other than like going to college and being in Italy for a little bit. There are so many people that I could contact to do things with. And I'm not saying that. I'm like, I have so many friends. But when you're in a community and you've you've been there for a long time, like there's there's a lot of people. And so it's easy for me to just be like, oh, well, I'll just find someone to go do it with me. And so it's almost like a little like a self-challenge, some exposure work for myself of reminding myself that like you're good doing things on your own. Like you can have a good time by yourself. It's funny that you say exposure work because I really resonate with that as well. It's almost like overcoming something, a challenge, something that like makes you uncomfortable and expands your window of tolerance. It's like, oh yeah, this is fine. Like, this is cool that I can go do this by myself. Not a lot of people do this. Like I am whole as I am. Mm -hmm. And I I actually have been thinking about that a lot with um, doing outdoor things. So I'm going on a backpacking trip today and I was originally going to go alone. And part of that scares me from like a physical safety standpoint of like, what if a moose eats my face or like, I don't know. I, I'm more scared of people than animals Mm -hmm. or weather or conditions like got that shit down. But something about being a woman in nature alone where other people are, it's like, so this backpacking trip, I am going with somebody, but I would like to be able to just up and go to the mountains by myself and be okay with that. So that's going to be my exposure work at some point. Three things came up to me and then we'll, we'll pass the mic over to you for your, how your week has been. First, I feel like I've seen so many women on like the PCT Pacific Crest Trail by themselves. And every time I see them pop up on my TikTok and I'm like, you are fucking badass and you're brave because there's no way in heck that I'd sleep alone in a tent in the middle of nowhere on a off the beaten path trail with the possibility that someone could literally open my tent in the, at 2 a.m. Animals I'm good with. Wind, good with. Rain, good with. I say that. I haven't, I haven't camped that much. But I, I, I think I'm good with them. The idea that a person can approach me while I'm by myself in the middle of nowhere, terrifying. Second thing, LOL at us being Enneagram sevens and having to find ways to challenge ourselves to get excitement in our life. The thrill. We chase the thrill. The thrill. Um, third, 
look at us living out our values of growth and putting ourselves in ways to get uncomfortable so we can grow. Growth and independence. And adventure. Ooh, wow, the trifecta. Anyhow, enough about me and my solo dates in my week. How was your week? It was a meeting heavy week. I'm a, I'll be honest, I have one brain cell left and it is fried. So <laughs> if you can envision that as a cartoon, it's actually pretty funny. But yeah, I have like a little bit of a tension headache because I just feel like I'm like, I've been moving through the week, gritting my teeth, being like, ah, meeting, meeting. So yeah, that's where my brain is at. Are you taking off the full three-day weekend to rest from that? I am taking off, well, I'm after we finish recording, I am going to head to the mountain. So half day today, which is a Friday that we're recording. Sure. Taking off Saturday and Sunday, I'm going to do a half day morning, taking off, going paddleboarding with my best friend, and then I'll probably do some work in the afternoon. So technically, that I'm not. Hours. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, perfect. Still 72 hours. Well, and it's going to be a short week for me next week anyway, because I'm going out of town to see my handsome nephew who is eight months old. Oh, I know he's such a little ham. So I have more time coming up to where I'm going to be out of office. And so I don't want to overwhelm myself and be a hundred tasks behind on Asana. <laughs> so yeah, having to yeah. do all that in three days. So it makes sense that you'd be working a half day on Monday. I'm here for that. Yep. Yep. But I am excited to have some space. I feel like every other podcast, when we check in, I'm always like, I'm burnt out. I'm burnt out. I'm in and out of burnout. And I'm really ready to figure out why and how to make what I'm doing sustainable for myself. So I'm really trying to implement some mindset shifts. I don't know what they are yet, but I know one of them is I need to slow down even though I don't want to. And I hate that. I hate having to do something I don't want to that is discomfort. Like I would much rather go do something fucking solo and embrace that discomfort than slow down and be with my own thoughts. Discomfort. I'm right there with you. Same. Ooh, that like makes my skin crawl thinking about that's like when, um, spoiler alert, we did a podcast with Heather Kaplan that actually might already be out by the time this comes out. I don't know on the top of my head. And one of the questions she asked us with was if you could only do one thing in your business for a quarter, what would it be? And both me and Hannah were like, Ooh, we don't like this question. (laughs) We hated a lot of questions we were asked on there in the best way. In the best like, way possible. Wow, we're triggered. <laughs> well, we found out that Heather's also an Enneagram 7. So it was a really fun conversation about all of us challenging our own Enneagram 7 selves. Heather was just the uh, facilitator of it. Absolutely. That podcast episode was so high energy, like looking at all of our faces on the screen, like fidgeting, ready to jump in and say something. So if you want to check out that episode, it is over on RD Real Talk. And I don't know what it's going to be called. I don't know. I don't know what it'll be called either. Cool. Check it out. It'll be great. We'll link it. We'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. Ready to dive into today's episode? Let's do it. We are going to kick you off with definition of imposter syndrome and comparison trap because who doesn't love a good old definition? Yay, imposter syndrome and comparison trap, trauma laugh. (laughs) 
Um, if there were two phrases that show up time and time again in any and all work that I do when I talk with clinicians, these two are it. I can see that and I feel that and I watch people go through it. And so I think sometimes people squish them together, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of it does go together, but let's define each of them. Yes. So that we're really being specific about the feeling and the thoughts. So imposter syndrome. That is when you're doubting your capabilities, talents, accomplishments, what you are working on. And it's, it's really feeling like a fraud. It's feeling like you shouldn't be doing what you're doing because who gave you the permission to do it? I often, in times where I'm feeling dysregulated or in that imposter syndrome place, I will have the recurring thought of who let me do this? Or who am I to do this? And I think a lot of folks relate to that. And something I think about with imposter syndrome is it always pops up when I'm feeling vulnerable or overwhelmed or overworked. I'm saying that's when it shows up for me as well. It is one of those things, and we just talked about this recently, and I feel like it shows up, it shows up a lot in my life whenever, because I have realized recently, thanks to the call with Heather, the podcast episode with Heather, that I am more afraid of success than I am with failure. And so when I am moving the needle in my business and getting shit done and launching things and getting more clients that's when it shows up because it's like a little trigger in my brain of like, "Mm, you're doing all the things right. You shouldn't be. Someone else should be doing this. You can't do this. Sabotage. Total self-sabotage. It's fucking annoying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As you're talking that out, I'm nodding my head with you. Like, yes, I feel those things as well. Have those same thoughts. What do you think our brains are trying to do with that, with having imposter syndrome? Keep us safe. How does it keep us safe? We are, we're pushing ourselves outside of the threshold of what our brain thinks we quote unquote should be doing. And if we're pushing past that threshold and we are becoming more vulnerable, because usually this means that, you know, in the, in the context of what we're doing, you're starting a business, you accepted a speaking gig, you're going on a podcast, you are launching a course, more eyes are going to be on you, which means you are opening up the door for people to give you more feedback, which feels vulnerable and exposing. And so when you do that, your brain's like, "Uh uh-uh, we got to be safe. That is really interesting because you're kind of naming imposter syndrome has to do with other people. If we lived in a vacuum and we were trying to do something by ourselves, we're on a remote Island. Nobody else is around. Imposter syndrome doesn't exist because it would comparison trap. Yes. Same thing with comparison trap. One last thought on imposter syndrome that I have. And I, this just popped into my head. I have no idea what podcast it came from, but I remember seeing it as a title or as a blurb from a podcast, but men don't sit around and have imposter syndrome. Mm. But can you imagine 
And I think what I read from this blurb or heard on this podcast was just how this is something we've internalized as people who are not men Mm -hmm. in, we should be questioning what we're doing. Who are we to do stuff? Who are we to be leaders and to have businesses? That shit pisses me off. It's societal norms that we get the pleasure of challenging every day of our lives with our existence in the business space. I equal parts love that and hate that. Yeah. I was just thinking it got, that got a little dark. Like my Mm -hmm. brain was like, Oh, Oh yeah. That's why some of this is exhausting too. It's just like going against the grain and the expectation and then telling yourself you're not supposed to because of an old, unhelpful, oppressive, internalized thought. Well, then it makes it even, then it makes it even worse whenever people actually tell you that and doubt you and question your ability to do this work. Because we all know that entrepreneurship is not rainbows and butterflies. And there is some feedback that you get as an entrepreneur when you're, or when you're a business owner, that is not always fun to receive. And it's moments like that, that you have to choose whether or not you want to accept it. But even if you choose not to accept it, those things stick with you. Mm, Yeah. If anybody is making you feel like an imposter and telling you, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing, throw them out of your life. Come talk to me and Morgan and we will hype you up. That's it. That's the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Done. Mic drop. We're out. But in all seriousness, but I, but I think that can look like a few different ways, right? I think, you know, you have probably what I just mentioned of you're envisioning some like internet troll telling you that you suck at what you do. But even like what we were talking about with success last week and trying to explain to like our parents' generations of what we're doing, like even having a loving figure, parental figure, whoever it is that like cares about you, plant those seeds of like, like, are you sure you want to be doing that? Like, are you sure it's going to be successful? Like, what if, what if it goes to shit? And that all contributes to imposter syndrome too, because you now have someone that you really want to believe in you and to support you and encourage, and they can still support you and encourage you and all of that. But there's that doubt that just like sits at the forefront of your brain. Yeah. It's like your brain picks out and hyper-focuses on those learned concerns that are all well-meaning usually, right? And so our brain picks them up and is like, ah, yes, I'm going to add this to my collection of imposter thoughts. So things to internalize. Things to internalize. Yay. Other things to internalize come with falling into the comparison trap. And the way that I think of comparison trap is seeing what someone else is doing and either feeling like you'll never measure up or being frustrated that you didn't think of that first. I don't like that latter one. I feel personally attacked. (laughs) I am an idea generator. I want to be the one that comes up with the thing. Girl, same. Preaching to the choir. Me too. Comparison trap is such an interesting concept that we all fall into. And there's some normalcy in seeing how we measure up to others to gain understanding about what we're doing and how we're doing it and looking at somebody successful and wanting to also have that. 
I think there's parts of comparison that aren't inherently bad, but it's the after piece of, I love what they're doing. Look at their social media following. Wow. Their grid looks great on Instagram and I'm shit. It's the piece where you're brought into it and beaten up by this person's success. You're beating yourself up over their perceived uh, success of what they're showing as their highlight reel on the internet. Yes. I like that specific breakdown you just gave because it's true. It's all these little pieces and details of what's happening. Do you feel like you struggle more? Obviously, we both struggle with both of these. Do you feel like you struggle more with comparison trap or imposter syndrome? I think I struggle more with imposter syndrome. Mm. As in that occurs more for me. But when I do fall into the comparison trap, it sends my mindset into scarcity. And that is a lot more triggering for me than imposter syndrome. Because imposter syndrome, I can have the thoughts, who am I to do this? Feel like that with business coaching, or I used to, I don't anymore. I'm like, I know my shit, I got this. Like, I'm really helpful because I have the the proof. Yeah. Yeah. I have the proof that it's helpful. I have clients telling me it's helpful. I see them grow these amazing businesses. And that really helps me challenge imposter syndrome. But with comparison trap, I feel like it just puts me in this dynamic with whatever I'm comparing myself to that I'm lesser. And because I don't have control over the other situation, it just feels feels harder and it feels more painful. It's like you're peeking into my brain right now. That is so true. That that control piece of I never I've never thought of it that way. Of like I don't have control what other people are doing in the space. Whenever I asked this question, I obviously had an answer in my mind of what mine was and mine was comparison trap. And then you said that and I'm like, no, you're like I definitely experience imposter syndrome more, but comparison trap definitely rocks my boat a lot harder. It is hard. I, and I beat myself up over it because I, I always preach and, and, and agree with community over competition. And so when I have these thoughts that come in that are like, well, look at what they're doing. Why aren't you doing that? You could be doing that. They're doing that so successfully. You're never going to create something that good. Like those are the thoughts that pop into my head. And I'm like, like, stop it brain. Like, why am I comparing myself to them if we are all in this space to be a community and to provide valuable information like we all have our own lived experiences we all have our own education we all have our own coaching exposure to entrepreneurship resources that make us the best fit for certain people and not others and that's what that's what I always have to go back to whenever I get stuck in the comparison trap it's like paralyzing. Like when I get stuck in the comparison, I try to not even like let myself go there. I try to be like, shut it down. Have you seen the new girl episode where um, the new British teachers there and Jess is having to do you watch new girl should have asked you that. First. I do, okay. but I have a terrible memory. Okay. Well, here we go. Let, let me paint you the picture. Jess is the principal or assistant principal and the new British teachers there who she finds attractive, but she's having to teach a teach the faculty 
about appropriate relationships and not getting romantically involved with each other, even though she really wants to get involved with this teacher. And her like catchphrase is like, what do you have to do? You have to shut it down. (laughs) That was incredible. We'll, uh, we'll put the, we'll put the clip in the show notes. (laughs) Absolutely. We will. So funny. Anywho. Uh, with comparison trap, like I, I feel like I have to shut my, like shut it off completely. Cause if I let myself entertain that idea, even just a little bit, like I lose all creativity to work on projects. I get so hard on myself. I get so sad. I, that's like when my self-talk is the worst is in comparison trap. When thinking about both of these concepts that are just so painful and so prevalent in the space, I always think about how almost any conflict or pain point really is rooted in fear. And so let me ask you this, when because we're both in the space of comparison trap takes us the fuck out and burns up all our energy, drains us, makes us spiral, what is your fear? with comparison? So this is kind of a two-part answer. I don't think any of us really have a ton of original ideas. I think we see what goes on around us and we modify it based on the pain points that we've either experienced or see within our network. And with that, I think my biggest fear is being inspired by something, creating something. Someone gets angry that I'm doing what I'm doing. And I think that goes to like, when you create stuff, you have more eyes on you, which opens up more space for any and all feedback. And it, and that feels disappointing. Like I would not want to disappoint someone. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My heart is racing. I don't think I've ever admitted that out loud before. <laughs> man I think that's what it I think that's what it is though of like tied up somewhere in my values like I so badly just want to show up like authentically myself with my knowledge and my ideas and I think another part of it too is like knowing how shitty being in the comparison trap feels I find myself wanting to dim my light sometimes with business stuff because I would, I'm trying to manage other people's emotions of how they might be comparing themselves to me. Whoa. I've never thought about that piece of I should do X, Y, and Z in case somebody is feeling this way about me. Or I shouldn't do X, Y, and Z. Oh, what if that? leave someone else feeling lesser than (sighs) I'm throwing the question back at you. You knew it was coming. I know. I was like, when it, when is it coming? I think comparison trap and my fear that it's rooted in. And this is interesting because I don't, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't need to be the best. I don't need to be the top business coach, clinician, podcaster in the world. I love doing all of these things. And I just want to be in the space. 
But then there's also this part of my ego that is really stoked on being one of the only business coaches in the weight inclusive space. And that, that feels really gross to name too, of just like, what does it mean for other people to come in here and offer something different than me? It, it like brings up a fear. It's a scarcity. It's a scarcity, scarcity mindset. Yep. 100%. Yep. Which is so, and again, that's when I'm feeling vulnerable, when I'm feeling overworked, when I'm feeling off. It's not when I'm my most grounded self where I'm like, oh my God, we need more business coaches in this space. Like get on in here. It's, it's always when I'm not in a good spot. That's when it pops up for me too. Yeah. It's because like, it's not that those fears come up every single time I'm experiencing it because I am usually able to like rationalize with myself. There's a book that I mentioned on here before called Choose Wonder Over Worry by Amber Ray. And she goes through imposter syndrome and comparison trap in a beautiful way. And one of my friends is borrowing that book right now or else I would totally whip it out and, and read it. But one of the analogies, which is definitely not like specific to her, like she, I don't think she came up with this, is whenever that those thoughts start coming in to like actually talk back to that fear and say, hey, fear, I recognize you're here. I know you're trying to keep me safe. I know that I'm doing something that feels vulnerable. You're welcome to come along for the ride because it's unrealistic to get rid of that fear. And we don't want to like a world without having that fear. We do a lot of harmful things to ourselves and probably to others. And so telling fear, like you can come along for the ride, but like you're sitting in the back of the car. Like you're not sitting up here in the front with me. Like I'm the one driving this car. Full disclaimer, I'm not a therapist, but this reminds me a little bit of acceptance and commitment therapy of like acknowledging radical acceptance, pushing it to the side and saying like, you can be here, but you're not in front of my face. Like me not acknowledging you to where I'm just going through life like this. It has to be addressed and named that it's happening for you because then it takes away power. Took the words right out of my mouth. I was literally yeah, I like, did. because it no longer you it no longer has power over you if you acknowledge that it's there. I love that analogy. It you can just paint a picture in your mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I also to add on to the analogy, if you really like visualizations, I really like to think of anger from Inside Out, the movie Inside oh Out, gosh. and like that's who's sitting in the back of my car. Wait, I have a question for you. This was a TikTok trend for a while. If you had to cast anger, if your life was inside out and they were real life actors playing the different emotions, who would you cast as anger? Oh. <laughs> oh. We don't even have to do... Or fear. Not anger. Fear? Fear. Gosh, it's so hard because I don't watch that much TV. <laughs> or like know that many actors, actresses. Ooh. I mean, if you need to name a famous rock climber, you can. <laughs> I, I'm going to think about this and come back to it. We're going to check in about it before our next recording because okay. I, I don't know. But what I will tell you is I feel like Enneagram 7s are represented by Joy, the yellow one. Oh, absolutely. Inside out. And I really want to do that for Halloween one year. I keep forgetting. <gasps> I love that. Yeah. 
What is your answer to that question? Oh, I know this again. I asked this question. I don't actually have. I let me think about it. For fear, that's who we're. That's who we're naming. I mean, we can go through the whole cast, but that might have to be next week's check-in. <laughs> um, for fear of someone who was like living in my brain, making me worry all the time. I feel like Anna Kendrick would be good for that. <laughs> Fair enough. She's from Inventing Anna. No. Oh. She's um pitch perfect. Look her up. Okay. Google her. Google See, her. Real this quick. is how much TV yeah. and movies I don't watch, guys. I just because you were talking about inventing Anna a few episodes ago, my brain was like, oh, Anna. Hmm. But yeah, putting whatever you're visualizing, that actor or actress or character who embodies fear or inducing fear in you. Mm-hmm. But I'm in the back seat. They're they to drive this boat, bus, car, whatever vehicle you're envisioning yourself in. Airplane, if you're not scared <laughs> of those. <laughs> oh, We're off what, track here. <laughs> whenever you have realized imposter syndrome or and or comparison trap coming up, because even though people do lump them together a lot of the time, they are different, but I also get lumping them together because they usually happen simultaneously. They can. What do you usually do in order to like bring your back, bring yourself back to like your center, your grounded spot? So whether it's me or someone I'm coaching in the business space, I feel like it it shows up with a lot of people who want to hire somebody and who want to build a group practice or an organization or who wants to hire somebody with a different specialty than them. Mm. And I relate to all that too of when both of these things come up. I feel like I'm having people really just zoom in on what they're doing and coming back to themselves, really focusing on what they're building. What they're doing has nothing to do with anybody else. What other people are doing has nothing to do with what you're doing. And so it's, it reminds me of a TikTok that's like, mind your business. So if you are focusing on what you're building and your why, like, why are you doing this? And that drives you and you see a need and you're rooted in your values. You've came back to yourself and that makes it a lot easier to challenge imposter syndrome and comparison trap. This is why it's so important to have your why and your mission statement built out. Because if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, you are going to compare yourself to literally everyone. It sucks all the way around, but if you can at least narrow the pool of people that you're comparing yourself to, it feels a little bit more manageable. I feel like another toxic trait of comparison trap is making decisions in your business based on what other people are doing. Like, I should hire somebody because that's the next step in my private practice. That's what people do. That's what people in my area are doing. They're adding another clinician. Okay, that's what I'm doing. Do you want to be a leader? Do you want to be responsible for people? Do you want to create different kinds of work for yourself? Like, why? Why are you doing it? Do you even like those things? Snaps to that. I have definitely caught myself making decisions based on other people. And I think part, I think some of this is being a multi-passionate entrepreneur and seeing someone like create a course, do a webinar, write a book, make a podcast. And I was like, I want to do all of that. 
(laughs) I can do all of that. Sounds fun. But the root of it is that I'm literally only doing those things because I see someone else doing them and I want what they have. I feel like, yeah, I feel like those are my automatic thoughts too. When I see somebody launch something Mm -hmm. and that's my work. I feel when thinking about comparison trap is I want to see people's work and be like, that's so fucking awesome. I can think of 10 people to send that to, but sometimes my first thought is I should do that too. Yeah, I would yeah. rock that out. Yeah. But it's like, no, I fucking wouldn't. I'm already over busy. <laughs> I would be terrible. At yeah, whatever. See. Yep. So whenever, because this comes, I mean, as I'm sure it comes up in business coaching with you and it probably even comes up in like with our clients, like everyone experiences this, but the recurring thing that I hear a lot is, you know, we're talking about marketing. We're talking about starting to do TikToks. We're starting to do building out an Instagram strategy. We're starting to create a course on intuitive eating. And people always ask me or yeah, ask me, someone else is already doing this. So why should I be doing this? And you're saying that this would be asked to you from a business coaching client. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's another automatic thought than a lot of us have. Oh, absolutely. I, so I, mean, I have this thought too. And the thing that I have found most helpful that has made the most sense with my clients, but also is helpful for me is I think of something outside of our industry that you can also have like imposter syndrome comparison trap in. And when I think of that, I think of the wedding photographer industry. In that industry, you think of, there's so many wedding photographers out there at all different price points, all different skill levels. And you, if you're looking for a wedding photographer, you're going to look at all of their websites and the vibe that pops up, like you're going to feel connected with some of them they're all giving you the same product and service. They're going to be at your wedding. They're going to take pictures. They're going to give you edited pictures. At the end of the day, you're getting the same product regardless of who you choose. But there's going to be certain photographers, styles, personality, vibe, editing styles like that are that you're going to like the most, which means there's room for everyone. And this goes back to the whole community over competition thing. But if you get stuck in the headspace of like, well, someone else is already doing this. Like, why should I? Can you imagine if we only had one wedding photographer to choose from? How boring. That example directly connects to private practice, whether it's dietitian or therapist writing stories about, oh, this person's offering EMDR in my community. Oh, this person's already doing an intuitive eating workshop. So it's been done. No, literally you are a different person who brings a different take and you get to be in that space too, if you want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do it only if you want to. If that's part of your why. Don't do it because other people are doing it. Where have you seen this show up in your business the most recently? Ooh, recently. I like that question because it definitely would be different than when I started my own. Mm, I mean, stock. you can share that too. Well, when I first started, because I was in solo practice, the comparison of other people have already done this. Other people are posting this stuff on Instagram. What do I have to say that's different? Which is imposter syndrome plus comparison trap. And I think now it is really, I mean, sometimes it's at my group practice of like, who am I to lead this? Mm. You know, 
which again, it's when I'm overworked, ungrounded, dysregulated, because when I'm in a good space, I'm like, I was made for this. I am so good at this. I bring a lot of value and I help people get to do the work they want to do. So I would say comparison trap would also be group practice too, for me, like seeing what other groups are doing and then sometimes feeling like, oh, we should do that too. Just like like, in terms of like the types of services they're offering, the number of people in their group, things like that. Exactly. Exactly. Anything I can compare, I'm going to do it. And what do you do to overcome it whenever those thoughts creep in? I know it's really basic and simple, but like I said before, it's just grounding myself and coming back to me of why am I doing what I'm doing and what I'm building and how can I stay in my own garden and nurture and grow and focus on what's here because what they're doing has nothing to do with me. It's like the, the revamp of the phrase, the grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. Yes. I love plant metaphors. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even, yeah, that makes sense that that you would have, have plant metaphors built into this in here for it. Yeah. Yeah. I've planned it very well. When did you feel it when you started your business and where do you feel imposter syndrome and comparison trap now? Ooh, I feel like when I started my business, I tried to build it. I was looking at what other people were offering and tried to offer too much because that's what everyone else was offering. It definitely took me probably about a year and a half of consistent design work to get in the groove of like, okay, what's actually helpful? What do I actually like? What will actually provide value to my clients? Especially since I have such a niche that all of my clients are weight inclusive business owners, most of them private practice owners, eating disorder clinicians. And so that was the comparison trap in the beginning. And I felt like I could never catch up to what everyone else was already offering. Because like I would like revamp my offerings and then I'd see someone else be like, well, we offer pattern design with your branding. And I'm like, I can offer pattern design. And then I eventually got to this like stupid long list. And mind you, I was just starting out. And so I was way undercharging, not way undercharging, because I also needed to learn and grow from that, but was undercharging pretty significantly. And I, it felt really defeating that I couldn't, couldn't ca- quote unquote, catch up to what mm-hmm. other designers are doing out there. Mm-hmm. I would say right now, more so imposter syndrome has been showing up with developing the Weight Inclusive Business Academy because I'm putting together all of this information and education that would have been so helpful for me to have as I was building my business. And I, I mean, I have my master's in business. I've learned a lot from that. I've read a lot of business books. I've listened to a lot of podcasts, but I've also Googled a lot of things and done like Google research. Right. And so whenever I am building the courses, I sometimes get stuck in the headspace of like, why would anyone buy this from me? Couldn't they just Google this too? Ooh. Oh no. You heard and the it reality here, is they could. <laughs> Absolutely. They I could. Think, yeah. And I have so much experience, so much education of what it looks like to build a business specifically in our industry that you will not find on Google. And the people who are Googling and scrapping away at their private practice or their business is not your ideal client anyway. They're probably too much like you 
to where <laughs> they're figuring it out. They're going to make totally. an offering and serve a population in the business yep. space. Like that's not your person that you're serving. Totally. Absolutely. Oh, you're so right about that. I needed that reminder today. Thank you. After this, I'm going to work on the Weight Inclusive Business Academy. And that has done my mind a lot this week. So thanks for that. <laughs> we love that. We love that. So you heard it here. We're both imposters and we compare ourselves a lot. And someone, aka us, said it was okay for us to do this podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> that is why we are here talking about stuff. Like we don't have it all figured out. We hope you're not comparing yourself to us. That's why we're doing it together, right? We're doing this podcast together because neither one of us could, amongst other things, give ourselves enough validation that we could do this ourselves. 100%. So we're tag teaming it. Yes, we're tag teaming it. And maybe that's another way to overcome these things is find people in your life that love you and you love or community that you feel really connected to and name these things together and challenge them together and get that support. Because when we can hear it from someone else of like, you're not an imposter, you were made to do this. What you're offering is valuable. Don't compare yourself to others. You add unique gifts to this space. Then we heal and we persevere. Thanks for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the pod on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review, just like Katie did. Share with the business bestie and check out our website at weightinclusiveinnovators.com. See you next week. Bye.